This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce. Use intelligent automation and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Hello, thinkers. It's me, your girl, Elena Grace, and you're listening to another episode of I've Been Thinking. Welcome, welcome back. I so appreciate you being here, and I've got an episode for you guys today that I think you're going to love. This is very much a coffee time chat kind of vibe. There's some bloopers in there. There's... um, some some funny stuff but it is also a very serious episode in a lot of ways actually in pretty much every way except for the fact that Shannon my guest for today our guest for today and I seem to be able to have fun no matter what so that's pretty fun for us anyway Shannon is an Air Force veteran she is an artist She is a creative, and she is a survivor of many, um, many different traumas from invisible injuries such as TBI and uh, brain traumas to surviving domestic violence and sexual assault. So there are quite a few different trigger warnings for this episode if those things, um, veteran injuries, invisible injuries, any of those things are triggering or upsetting for you, this might be an episode to take a break from, so just so you know. However, if you would like to hear from a woman who has learned how to overcome all of these things in nearly every way she possibly can. Um, I would encourage you to try to hang on through it. Those aren't really, um, the mentions of domestic violence and sexual assault, those aren't major topics. Like we don't talk about those in any specific detail. Um, and it's only mentioned really kind of once specifically. So if you think you can power through that, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, If not, totally get it. Totally, totally get it. But Shannon is so fun to talk to and she's so knowledgeable. So this episode, she tells me a lot about the art therapy that she went through uh, to recover Yeah, I guess recover is the right word, and forgive me if it's not, but to recover from her traumatic injuries and her invisible injuries and to come out on the other side. So she has a really nice story. She doesn't go too in-depth in it uh, because she wants to remain relatively anonymous, But she overcame a lot, and utilizing art and creativity and art therapy, that is how she she got to the other side. So if any of those things are interesting to you, this is certainly the episode for you. Shannon is just absolutely wonderful. I love her. I am honored to count her as a friend. I'm honored that she thinks of me as a friend, because she doesn't really like a lot of people. So... Thank you, Shannon, for that. (laughs) Anyway, 
guys, I hope that you love this one. Uh, as has become more typical, I do have to warn you that, of course, I messed with the sound on accident. I actually thought that I had messed something up on my microphone, but doing some digging this morning, I have discovered that I think I actually recorded this entire episode just with my laptop microphone, which is absolutely wild. I've never done that before. It was like my my audacity, which is what I... I <laughs> The Audacity. Audacity, the program that I use for recording, for some reason it switched off of its um, default setting, which is my podcast mic, and it switched over to my computer mic. I I don't know why. I have not figured that out yet. I'm going to have to do some more digging and see if I can, like, fix that for the future to make sure I don't accidentally do that again but also I just have to be more vigilant anyway so the sound is a little rough there's a lot of background noise there wasn't even any background noise in the house other than Winnie tippy tapping I don't know I don't know but Tyler our editor and producer he is a pod god he has fixed the sound up so much better than it was before so shout out to him and with all that being said I guess let's just get into it mea culpa forgive me for the sound quality uh I hope you'll be back go listen to another if you're new here go listen to another episode sound is probably better on it (laughs) okay here's Shannon I am Shannon, and I am here to talk with Elena (laughs) about random stuff, Um, mostly my career. I spent 20 years in the Air Force and just recently recently retired, and kind of just how I use art as a means of getting through things like PTSD. I'm really, really excited to hear more about this from you, because we've talked about it a little bit here and there, and I think it's really interesting, and I've talked with other people, too, who work with veterans um, who suffer from PTSD, who have other injuries, visible and not visible, you know, all of that, who, who work with veterans who do that, so it's something that I'm really interested in learning more about, and I think you have a really awesome um example of like how you came out of these things and you make beautiful art with it thank you you're welcome for anybody who follows me on instagram shannon makes a lot of the really cool earrings that i love to wear (laughs) so like with the with the skulls and the the boss bitch pair that's my fave um the moths yeah the skulls with the moth and then the uh all the shroomies i love my little shrooms Mm -hmm. and then you made me a custom pair with like a moon and a hamsa hand and a little um moonstone yep moonstone rainbow moonstone i love moonstone i love the moon so you got into winnie is sitting on her lap also (laughs) being a little little therapy dog right now (laughs) just helping us through um but this is also to keep one of her quiet because she is so excited to have a pal here so Shannon you got into art when you were or into like art therapy that kind of thing correct me at any time if I say something wrong um you got into that when you were healing from injuries right so so, um I had finally gone to the doctor and um, I went to mental health and just said, hey, I'm having all these issues. I'm having nightmares. Uh, I I just can't function anymore. And so they sent me to an outpatient mental health treatment facility for PTSD. And, you know, I was working through those problems. And then, 
you know, I ran into a couple other issues which led me to complain, um, put some complaints in with the military about how they handle mental health treatment and kind of like how, how they handled my case. And that put me in touch with somebody higher in the chain of command and they introduced me to the Air Force Wounded Warrior Program, who I'm, I'm a part of. I'm actually an ambassador and a mentor through that program as well. And once I got in touch with them, they were the ones that first said, hey, have you ever been checked for a traumatic brain injury? Because, you know, you have all these instances where you were knocked out or, you know, you've sustained concussions and, you know, have you ever checked into this? And I never had. So um, I finally went through the examination process and went through, got some MRIs of my brain and they formally diagnosed me with traumatic brain injury. So that actually afforded me the opportunity to go to the um, Intrepid Spirit Center in Eglin. It's a TBI rehab clinic. And once I was there, that's when I got introduced to art therapy. <clears throat> that's really awesome that you were able to, to advocate for yourself and that you were given that support, at least at some point, that you were given resources and support, it sounds like. And yeah, yeah I'm really grateful for that for you. Um, so the Intrepid Spirit Center, that's where you got into art therapy. Yeah, they yeah. offered, there was like, I want to say 11 different um, providers that I saw there. So they do like music therapy, art therapy, yoga, um, sleep time yoga to help you sleep. Oh, wow. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that they do. And, you know, in, in addition to clinical things like speech therapy, you know, like working on my memory, um, occupational therapy, working on, you know, looking for things or finding puzzles or, you know, solving puzzles, whatever it could be, you know, basically just learning how to um, function throughout daily life again. Right. Um, You know, physical therapy, all kinds of things. And it was there that I actually figured out that I had a a visual, visual field deficiency. So I can't see out of like the lower quadrant on my right eye because of the damage that I sustained to to the left side of my face. Oh, wow. So, you know, all those things combined, they all gave me different skills of coping. And I think art therapy, I've always been into like art and painting and being creative, but, you know, that kind of gave me um, some new modalities to work with. Mm -hmm. And that's when I actually started painting again. And that's, you know, I started painting with alcohol inks. Yeah. That's actually what started my business, and then, you know, it just keeps growing and growing and growing until it's reached the point of where it is today, where I do, um, you know, artwork plus jewelry plus home decor plus, you know, whatever whatever I, I feel like I want to learn. I love that. I, I love that you were able to turn, you know, your TBI and the, the mechanisms that you use to cope with that into a new business Mm -hmm. for yourself. So that's like a really awesome story. And you and I had talked about that before. And that's kind of one of the things that inspired me, I guess, to invite you on. And you, I remember the first time you were telling me that it was at the gallery when I had Mm -hmm. you as a guest artist. And I was like, do you want to come on my podcast? You were like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, maybe. Maybe I'll think about it. And then I harassed you again, and you said yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so glad you did. I generally like to be super private, but, you know, I'll make allowances. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, you know, you're still being private because you're sharing. I want you to share the parts of your story that you want to share yeah. and that, you know, will hopefully help somebody potentially or, you know, help somebody understand your perspective and the perspectives and experiences of people who have gone through similar things. And that's really what I love about and what I try to do with I've been thinking is, is sharing that. So for you, I guess it did, it did like lead to these new amazing opportunities that you're able to grow with and grow go through and that's it's just really awesome to see that um I know some 
artists who aren't veterans, but they work with some of the veterans programs locally, like Maddie Kelly mm-hmm. Arts Foundation. They have a veterans program and that kind of thing. And some of the things I've talked to Melanie Moore, she's one of the artists super involved with that. I've talked to her about some of the things they do, and it's really amazing how just creativity can help people cope with things. Um, They had this one really huge piece at uh, the arts festival they did back in October that was really, really moving. Um, And I can't remember everything that was into it, but it was like, painting and then they did a resin pour on top of it and it has like patches and like it's a collage with the painting and then patches that they like glued on and poured over and then like pictures and all kinds of stuff and it's this really incredible piece and I think it's super interesting when people of all kinds not not just people or not just veterans, but people who are coping in whatever way, can put that kind of emotion into their artwork. Because honestly, I don't always have that. Like as an artist myself, I am not necessarily putting my emotions into the painting. So I always think it's interesting when people do that, because that's just not how I go, at least not at this point in time, how I go about it. Well, there's, so there's actually science behind art therapy and the science behind it, you know, like when you experience trauma, the neural pathways in your brain, they're, they're cut off or they're like clogged up or, you know, just damaged. And when you're in art therapy or you're creating something using the right side of your brain, you actually just accidentally, you repair those neural pathways and it like reconnects them. So you know, when I'm painting, um, it could just be just a commissioned painting. But to me, you know, I have the background set. I have music going. I have my candles burning or incense burning. And I have, you know, like this sense of peace about me. And I know that I'm pouring myself into that artwork. But I also know that, I guess, in a way, it's repairing parts of my brain. So, you know, it's doing something for me, but I'm also giving a part of myself to this person yeah, through my artwork. That's really beautiful. Uh, that's really interesting. Um, I think I've read that before about, like, art therapy and just, like, creativity in general, you know, creating new neural pathways and mm-hmm. um, uh, fixing old, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And I think it's really, really really interesting do you want to talk any more about like the experiences I guess that you had in art therapy that like if there are any specific things that were really helpful for you in particular or I don't think there's anything that was necessarily like that I actually remember yeah Uh, I mean it was a it was a difficult time Absolutely. in my life going through that and discovering things about myself and trying to kind of like dig my way out of the darkness. Um, so I don't really remember anything specific. Just I remember just like the raw emotion from everybody because it was it was group therapy. So there yeah. was uh, I think four four or five other guys in there with me, and you know they're expressing emotion and you know. It's kind of funny because you say, you know, you'll hear somebody say, oh, I suck at art. I can't do it. And then they scribble something on a piece of paper. And then the next thing you know, you know, like their emotion. Right. They're showing emotion. They're crying. And they're like, oh, you know, I went through this and this and this. And, and, you know, you're discussing the trauma and you're putting it on paper or whatever medium you're using. And I think that's what is so therapeutic about it if that makes sense no absolutely because it's putting it out there and sharing in an openness that you don't necessarily have otherwise um with people who understand in one way or another yeah yeah was it mostly men that you were in therapy with i'm just curious Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah even even when i went to the outpatient it was I think there was maybe one one or two other females, but 
Yeah. I, mean, I almost do better in that setting. Right. You know, I don't, I'm not sure why. It's just the way that I process information. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was helpful. Yeah. That's really awesome. And that's always, I think, encouraging to see other people who are opening themselves up. Um who, again, have gone through similar things in one way or another. And did you find it helpful to see them open up? Did it make you feel like you could be more vulnerable or vice versa? Do you think that they saw other people open up and it made them feel more safe? Um, I think we're all just so broken. that (laughs) It was just, you know, nobody really knew how to get out of that darkness. So we were all in the same position. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine at all so that led you to eventually like start your business and that kind of thing which is really amazing and I actually a girl from not my hometown but a town over um kind of and I used to work for her mom she suffered a TBI in high school and she one of her like um therapies when she was recovering was doing makeup because that was something she had been interested in Mm -hmm. already so now she is a makeup artist and even shout out to martina and even as she's like still very much in recovery and dealing with all of the aftermath of her horrible experience she's like turning it into something that empowers her which is really, really cool. And it, is that kind of what you feel like it is she done? Um, I think so. I think it's it's turned into that. And, um, you know, I've had moments where I've had to step back because it was too much Absolutely. or I created too much pressure. You won't say you know nipple having why he said that but (laughs) he said that through Alexa oh god he wanted to make a guest appearance he did want to make a guest appearance that's so funny Tyler if you can hear that when you edit leave that in that is so funny (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh okay so it's so you've had to take steps back because it's been overwhelming it's yeah it's overwhelming I create too much pressure I put too much pressure on myself okay for sure and then it becomes not fun right so then I, I take a step back, I regroup, you know, I take a month or two off, and then I just get right back into it. Yeah. And so, like, recently I just had shoulder surgery, like. Hello? Hey. Hey, you long titty, no nipple, have an ass. <laughs> hey. She's recording, and that came over Alexa. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Did you like it? Yeah. <laughs> we cackled. I, I said, okay, I said, Tyler, if you can hear that on the recording, please leave it in. <laughs> Hi, love you. <laughs> go, when? Go get dad? Oh, no, he closed the door. <laughs> so just, oh, my goodness. What a mess. You just recovered from so- shoulder surgery. Yes. So it was like the first time since I started doing business that I couldn't create. Oh, yeah. Even though I wanted to. You know, I usually make the choice to not, you know, take a step back and to not, you know, overpressure myself. But now I'm at the point where I just can't do it because it's my right hand and I'm right handed. Oh, wow. So um, now I'm really itching. So I'm itching to do some beadwork or some, you know, just make some jewelry. So I think. If everything goes well this week and I, I have more mobility, then I'm going to do it. I'm just going to get back into it. Yeah, yeah that's exciting. really exciting. That's really, really exciting. And so physically, did you have any, like, physical injuries, too, that the art therapy helped with? I'm just curious because I don't know. No, I wouldn't say they're, well, physical in terms of, like. Right, physical, like, 
I didn't have like I didn't have any extremity in- injuries right. or like anything like that. It was, I mean, it was just all brain function. So right, it, right, right. All invisible wounds. You know, you can't see it. I look like a normal person, but you know, I have memory issues or um, balance issues. I had a, a problem with balance for a very long time. Um, just stuff like that where you know I look fine, but yeah, there's issues behind the scenes. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, I see it a lot around here, but I don't necessarily see art therapy as much in other, because my dad is Army, and, you know, I'm around him and a lot of his friends who have been through some of them, like, really awful things, and I don't see art therapy as something that, or I don't know of art therapy as something that they're offered or that they are... I guess, even talk to about. Um, so do you think that it's something in your experience that's kind of growing in popularity or do you think it's something that maybe is more popular in younger people? I don't It's, I'm genuinely asking like for what you think. I honestly never had any exposure to art therapy. I didn't know what it was yeah. before I was in it. And since then, haven't outside of certain things like at the VA mm-hmm. uh, VA offers like Zentangle classes now yeah <clears throat> but outside of that I haven't really seen any opportunities in the local area that aren't military affiliated yeah that offer things like that that's then, really interesting that it's more military affiliated I guess well you think about the concentrated population of the military how many people have experienced some type of trauma in, oh, that, totally. in that small that small, close, not necessarily close-knit, but just closed-off population. Right. Versus, like, you know, you take 100 military members and 100 people from civilian society, how many of those people are likely to have trauma? In I mean, I'm not saying that civilians don't have trauma. I'm just right. saying, like, the opportunity to experience a traumatic event is a lot greater mm-hmm. in the military versus yeah. not. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I think most people would understand exactly what you're saying, because that makes sense to me. Um, Not that trauma is, like, not available outside of the military. You're just at a higher likelihood to experience it in general. Um, That's super interesting. I'm really intrigued by art therapy and, like, how it has helped you overcome... Mm -hmm. You Like, you in particular, and like I said, Martina, who is a civilian, she's like 21, I think. I think she just turned 21, actually. Mm. She's super cute. Um, you know, how it, and how it can grow, and how it can help people grow and overcome these things. I guess... Did you get into, you said you got into art therapy because somebody recommended it to you. Would you have come to it, do you think, on your own? Like, do you think you would have, or gotten into some kind of art on your own if you hadn't been recommended to art therapy? Because you said you were creative before, so would you have eventually found your way there, do you think? Not in the same sense, because I didn't know how to use artwork to process my emotions. Right. So I would have, I mean, yes, I would have still been into painting. I would have still been into sewing and whatever else I do, but it wouldn't have had the same impact on my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is kind of what I have with it, where I'm like, I love to create these beautiful things, but I don't know how to use it to cope with emotions Mm -hmm. or anything. So, like, maybe I am having a really hard time I might still paint, but it might not be any different than my paintings when I'm not having a hard time. Or I might just not paint at all, take a break for a few months or whatever, and then come back to it. That actually brings up a really good point, though. When I'm feeling really bad and I'm super anxious, I don't do artwork at all. Yeah. Because I don't want to attach negative emotion to Mm -hmm. it. So if I'm feeling really bad, like I'm upregulated and I can't calm myself down or I'm anxious or, you know, PTSD is taking over, whatever it is, I will do normal coping mechanisms, you know, like square breathing or meditation or like trying to play Sudoku on my phone, you know, whatever gets 
um, gets the emotions turned off and logical thinking turned on, I'll do that first. And then if I feel okay, then I go back to art. Oh, that's super interesting. Because, so like, like you said, if you're feeling, if you're having a bad day and you go to paint, is it different? I mean, I just, I don't, I personally don't want to attach negative feelings to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I remember, I mean, your, your brain remembers everything. Your brain is so oh, yeah, it does. intricate and smart. And if I am just, you know, if I get scared about something and then it creates this whole panic attack and then I go to paint, my brain is going to attach those feelings to painting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that. So I just leave it alone. Yeah. And then come back to it. That's a great point. I weirdly do that with clothes. <laughs> so, like, I have a dress that... I wore to my grandmother's best friend's funeral and, like, bought it for the funeral. It's a very cute dress. I can't wear it. Mm-hmm. I can't wear the dress I wore. Well, actually, I got rid of the dress I wore to my grandpa's funeral because I couldn't wear it again because it just brought that back, you know. Yeah. And so I totally understand that. I think I always kind of get jealous I will say though of people who can deal with their emotions through painting um and I think it's because I've romanticized it because you see like Van Gogh and other artists who created these absolutely beautiful incredible pieces out of their pain and other artists are able to do that and I'm like I wish that I could I wish that I knew how to cope with my emotions through a paintbrush and turn it into something beautiful. Maybe you're already doing that, though. Maybe. You know, it's worth maybe taking a step back and being really mindful while you're painting. and Like, mindful of how you're feeling and what's around you, the feelings that you have inside. And then, once you're done with it, looking at it and, and saying, like, reflecting on those feelings that you had. Because maybe you're doing it this whole time and you just don't know it. Maybe. Yeah. You might... You might be very right about that. Is that a perspective that you learned through art therapy, or is that something that you kind of came to on your own? I just came to it. I, I mean, I like that a lot because I try, like I am trying to think now about things that I've <laughs> like created in times <clears throat> like that. And was it was it that, or was it? Or was it, like, me trying to create something beautiful to distract myself? Mm-hmm. Which is very possible. That's so interesting, dude. Well, next time, you, next time you paint, really sit back and, like, take everything in. Yeah. You know, how am I feeling right now? What environment am I in? What am I feeling inside? And, like, notice how you feel before and then after you're done painting. Yeah. Like, do you feel more relaxed? Do you feel at peace? Do you feel more upset? Are you frustrated, you know? Like, yeah. really take note of the emotions that you're feeling. And then from there, like, make judgments about it. Or yeah. Or come to more different conclusions or, like, tweak something mm-hmm. for next time. It's, like, it's an ever-growing process. Sometimes I will paint on my art room floor and I have my iPad propped up. I always watch the Disney Channel when I paint. Oh, that's cute. So I'll have my iPad propped up right there and I'm just hunched over on the floor sitting cross-legged painting. You know, right. it's not comfortable, but... That, to me, is a comfortable environment, and I feel safe there, and I feel happy. Right. Yeah. I think I think that's a great point, because that's kind of what I do, too. That's when I make the things I like, mm-hmm. or when I um, am, I guess, the most inspired, like these this three little pieces down here the the flowers they're so pretty thank you I've been doing those I guess I mean they make me feel happy but also I've been doing them when I feel happy more so whereas like I was working on my heron for the Okaloosa Public Arts Project for a long time and that was like a job you know Mm -hmm. and that made me not do some other things that I needed to be working on because it was a commission or it was a present or whatever Mm -hmm. because all of that pressure so I always see that as like I'm being pressured to do this so I can't do anything else but maybe it is because 
that pressure creates like negative emotions. You're making me think about so many things that I hadn't put two into. Do you journal with oh, your no no? <laughs> okay, so there I have such a negative connection with journaling. Really? Because when I was in the midst of like first experiencing PTSD and not knowing what was going on, like oh, I'm not sleeping, I'm not eating, I can't leave my house. Mm-hmm. I you know it took a lot for me to reach out to mental health. And yeah. When I finally got in, it took me like. Six weeks to even get an appointment. So that was like six weeks of me not eating, not sleeping, not functioning. And I went into the appointment and I told this guy like all my symptoms. And I was like, please help me. And he ended the appointment with, I want you to journal. And I want you to use these breathing techniques. And he handed me a worksheet. And he's like, set an appointment for 30 days and we'll follow up to see how that 30 days. Oh, yeah. So, like, every time I hear somebody say, hey, do you like journaling? I just want to strangle them. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. So, no, to answer your question, I do not journal. So. At all. I I am on and off a journaler. I Like, I have some journals back here where it's, like, sometimes – for example, like end of 2020, I think it was, I was um, like going through some stuff, having a lot of big emotions, you know, that kind of thing. And I journaled all the time about all of these terrible emotions I was having and terrible things I was thinking and all of that. And so that really helped me. But then as I usually as I come out of it, I feel less of a need to do that. And I don't always do it when I'm like in a depressive state or whatever, but, or like in a very anxious state. I mostly have my anxiety under control now, Mm -hmm. more or less. But, um, you know, I don't always do it when I'm there, but usually when it's the worst, I do find myself journaling. But I know people Like, when I'm doing that, it's just getting it out of my head and, like, writing it down. And I don't ever want anybody else to see those things, right? Right. Um, But I know people who, again, they can, like, art journal or whatever. I was at my friend Caitlin's house yesterday, and she has this huge journal that she filled up when she was coping with, like, a friend breakup. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just full of all of this stuff about, like, how that friend made her feel about something or this or that. And it's, like, paintings and things that she wrote. And I'm like, that's such a good way to do that. Like, But at the same time, like I said, I guess my brain doesn't always work in that way where I connect the emotions to, or at least not that I'm aware of yet. Yeah, subconsciously. Yeah. 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 So that's why I asked that because, well, and because we were talking about seeing how you feel before and after. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if you did that too. Like, this is how I felt before I worked on this painting or project or whatever. And then you write down, like, this is how I felt after. But, no, I mostly yeah. just, I make, <clears throat> I make mental notes or I, yeah. I'll sit and reflect on it. Yeah. And I'll do, I'll, I'll do that with a lot of things. Like, um. I can tell when my anxiety is elevated just because, like, my heart rate would be high. Right. And, you know, or I'll have problems breathing or, you know, any of the 15 other symptoms people feel with anxiety. And I'll just tell myself, okay, I just need to calm down. So I just sit down. I play a game on my phone. And I check my heart rate again. Okay, it's going down. This is working. Okay. Yeah. And then I, you know, it kind of reinforces positive thoughts. And then this is working. I can do this. And then continue playing the game and then you know half hour later I'm pretty calm again yeah so it's just like it's really taking time to get to know yourself Mm -hmm. your thoughts your feelings your actions how you feel and noticing the change within yourself Mm -hmm. so instead of like when when you said you don't know how to pour your emotion into painting you know like like we had already talked about you probably are already doing that you just not aware that you're doing it yeah but really like taking time to get to know yourself physically and emotionally because if you know yourself Mm -hmm. you're going to notice these changes right that I think is something that I personally have trouble with so like I know myself physically like I can tell if 
my anxiety is getting worse because I see and feel the physical symptoms or I can tell if I'm getting a sinus infection because Mm -hmm. I know exactly what it feels like, right? Like all of those things. But emotionally, I think I have spent a lot of time coping with a lot of my emotions by just not dealing with them (laughs) and putting them to the side and saying like, I'll deal with that later or I just don't want to deal with that at all. So I'm just going to ignore it and put it in this little box in my brain Um, because that's not how all of my family is, but that's how some of my family is. So then you just kind of learn that, you know, learn behavior. Yeah, exactly. And that's how Adam is for freaking sure. The guys are, they compartmentalize and yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. You should listen we did an episode where he talks about his therapist when he was a kid, and he's like, forget his, his name was like Patrick or Kevin or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, Patrick was doing his job, but like, fuck off, Patrick. Yeah. I didn't need to be there. <laughs> and like, did he? Yes, he did yes. need to be there. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I definitely need to work on learning to know myself emotionally more. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's as easy as just when you're not feeling, like if you're just sitting there and you, you experience some big feelings, it's just like that gentle parenting. Oh, you're feeling some big feelings right now. It sounds like you're angry, you know, or right. something like that. You have to talk to yourself that way. Yeah. And you have to talk to yourself with patience and acceptance and no judgment. Like, oh, why are you anxious again? Gosh. Yeah. Not like that, but it's like, okay, you're feeling anxiety. Why are you, why are you feeling anxiety? Oh, okay, because this just happened. Oh, that's understandable that you're feeling like this. Let's take some steps to combat this. Yeah. But not only doing that with negative emotions, but happy emotions. Like, oh, man, I I just feel like smiling and being happy and sharing some affection with my husband, you know, whatever. And, okay, well, what happened to bring me to this happy place? Like a more elevated happy, not just normal happy, right? Right. And making that connection. And then that's how you get to know yourself because you're going to know when something's off, but it takes that time to kind of like deep dive into it and explore it. Why am I feeling like this? What caused this? Okay, what can I do to fix this? Yeah. Or grow from this, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Do you watch Bluey? I have no idea what that is. It's like a kid's show. Um, I think it's a Disney show. I'm not sure. But it's it's about a family of blue healers so that's why it's called bluey um but obviously it's animated Mm -hmm. and they like talk about how to deal with emotion and how to deal with grit and all of these things and i saw all these clips the other day and i was like damn i'm gonna start watching this show and then literally this morning i saw a tiktok that was like adults who are mentally okay don't watch bluey (laughs) i mean i'll believe it (laughs) Because you can't relate to it if you're mentally okay. Right. But, I mean, there's so much to learn from that, though. Oh, there's so much to learn. And I think gentle parenting yourself, that's, like, the perfect way to put that. Because that's what we all need is to just be gentle with our... The world is so mean. The world is so mean and chaotic and, like, so many things. Like, we need to give ourselves space to be gentle and to heal, like... Or grow or whatever it is yeah. in whatever way is right for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because your healing is not going to look like my healing. Yeah. And vice versa, you know. Absolutely. Just taking, taking space and time. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing is patience and grace. Like, being patient with yourself and realizing, like, okay, it took 20 years of trauma to get me here. So, you know, therapy for one year is just not going to cut it. Right. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit at each moment and helping other people and talking about it and, you know, all those things plus painting plus, you know, all the number of things that I do on a daily basis to try to help myself. It takes all kinds of different things. There's not just like one thing that you can do that's going to be a cure-all. Yeah, absolutely. And like for me, and I've talked about this so many times, like people who have listened to the whole podcast are probably like going to shut up by now, but like, Something that really set off my, like, mental health journey was my papa passing away. Mm-hmm. And then that happened. Some other things happened. I kind of spiraled for a few months. And then finally, I went to my mom and I was like, 
I, it was spring break um, during grad school. Mm-hmm. It was my last semester of grad school. It was spring break. It was actually the week of the first COVID lockdown oh, or like no. the week before. <clears throat> and I called my mom and I was like, I'm going to come home this week. Like while we're on spring break, I'm just not doing okay. I want to go to the doctor. And she is her best friend for her whole life is married to like our family doctor in my hometown. So I was like, I need to go see Richard. And she went with me and we went in and he was like, Elena, you have anxiety and probably some others. And yeah. I was like, but I thought doctors were supposed to tell you, you don't have anxiety. Cause I came prepared. I was like, I have high cortisol. And these are the reasons he was like, Elena, you're, I don't even, I was like 24 years old. He's like, you're 24. You don't, or 20, whatever it was. He was like, you don't have high cortisol. That's what old people have. You have anxiety. Well, actually, anxiety causes. No, it totally does. Yeah, you're right. But he (laughs) was like, yeah, it probably was. But he was like, that's not the root issue. You know, you have anxiety and that's the problem here. I was like, I thought doctors were supposed to argue with you on this. I thought it wasn't supposed to be mental health things. He was like, no. Yeah, you know you have it and then with that validation from him and my mom and then medication and then I was able to start actually coping with things so it looks different for everybody is my point I went off on a little tangent as Mm -hmm. always but it looks so different for everybody and then my coping has been like alone time or sometimes going to the gym sometimes it's laying on the couch and feeling sad and then sometimes it's pouring my whole self into a project and sometimes it's being dead to the world for Mm -hmm. a few days like it looks so so different and I will say I said I don't know myself emotionally maybe as well as I need to but I do do a good or a decent job at least of knowing when I need to be around people and when I don't yes that's a big part it is Knowing what's good for you and what's not good for you, because I mean that, and that even those two things are going to constantly change. Oh, for sure, for sure they are. Like I missed one of my good friends that I've made here. I, it was her birthday party. I was like, listen, I'm not like my best self today. I need to stay home. But like, I'll see you tomorrow for for lunch or whatever the next plan was. I was like, I'll be there for that, but I need to stay home. So it's really, but for, you know, for somebody else, like getting out of the house and going to do that might have been what they needed in that moment. So it's always really interesting to me, I guess, all the differences um, in your healing journey, you know, from one person to another. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And that's that. That's that. Mic drop. Do you have any resources or anything or any final, I guess, like, points that you want to make sure that you share with the listener? Um, resources, I mean, that's a tough subject just because I am not in tune with what the civilian world offers. You know, Yeah, for sure. Even though I'm retired now, um, I'm still very much connected to using resources that the military or the VA offers. So, Absolutely. You know, if you're a veteran... Obviously, veteran, active duty, anything, you can go to any vet center and receive free counseling, and they do not ask for your chain of command information, so there's no connection to the military. That's awesome. Um, I started seeing the vet center before I retired, and yeah. I just, I had to fill out a registration form saying that I was active duty, you know, my social security mm-hmm. number, but that was it. They didn't ask for my unit information, and nothing ever got back to anybody, so. That's really good to know, because I was always told, and maybe this was like the case a long time ago, but I was always told that if you sought help, that it was the end of your career, basically. No, I, I sought help. I mean, I had been in for, I think, 15 or 16 years when I finally sought help, and, I mean, I finished a 20-year career. Yeah. But I was always honest about where I was at. I didn't hide anything. Right. Um, I was always honest with my chain of command and told them where I was at. So, you know, hey, sorry, I have to go to outpatient for... It was supposed to be a four-week program, and I was there for nine weeks. I was really messed up, yeah. but, you know, I was honest. I was yeah, honest about it. absolutely. And and not everybody is that lucky, but, you know, use the, the vet center. 
resources. There's one right here in Shalimar. Yeah. So, you know, use that or um, connect with people who share similar experiences. You know, like I said earlier, I'm a mentor through Air Force Wounded Warrior Program, and they purposely pair wounded warriors up with mentors who have been through the same type of injuries or illness. So, for example, uh, somebody who suffers from cancer is going to be paired up with a mentor who went through cancer and recovered from it. So, right. Because they can tell them that journey and they can give them hope. And so all of my mentees, um, they have a background of either domestic violence, sexual assault, or illness because I have an autoimmune disease. Yeah. I'm dealing with medical care and, and all that stuff. So all my mentees, either, you know, they share one path of, of the three paths that I've, I've experienced. Yeah. That's... That's a really awesome resource for anybody in the military. I think that that's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to... Okay. <laughs> Bring my thoughts together. I'm sure they have, like, a website, that kind of thing, where you can find out about those resources, like, near you or what's available near you, right? For which one? For the... Um, the Wounded Warrior Program? Yes, yeah, yeah, So that one is just www.woundedwarrior.af.mil. Oh, okay. It's just a website. You can self-refer yourself to the program or somebody else can refer you. Um, they basically are there for anybody who has gone through military sexual trauma um, or has PTSD as a diagnosis or is undergoing any type of severe injury or illness. So like a car accident. You get into a severe car accident, you're automatically enrolled in the program. Yeah. So it's, it's I mean, there are certain requirements that you have to meet to be into the program, but once you're there, you're there for life. Okay. Okay, very cool. I want, I'm going to put the um, website for that and for as much as I can find about what we've talked about on the show notes for this episode. So for anybody listening who's interested in that, that will be there. Were there any other communities that you found like to connect with people with, or is that pretty much... I find it really difficult to connect with anybody who has not had a military connection, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, I joined when I was 17, and that's all I knew for 20 years Absolutely. of my life. So, um, I mean, I have my gym community. I go to Black Sheep in Fort Long Beach. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, you know, so I have my gym community there, but even there, there aren't very many that people that I'm close with. I'm mm-hmm. close with the coaches and maybe one or two other people, but they're military. So Yeah. You know, that and Wounded Warrior, I mean, those are, like, the most meaningful connections that I have. Yeah. Absolutely. So You barely like me. <laughs> Minimally. <laughs> and I've forced that. Oh <laughs> uh, Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to, like I said, find as much out about, like, Wounded Warrior and those kinds of um, resources and put in the show notes for any veterans listening. And then I'll definitely put as much research as I can find about art therapy in there too, because I think it's just a really amazing thing. Um, obviously seeing you come through it, seeing Martina go through art therapy, like for her experience, like I think it is definitely something that should be more widely, like as widely available as possible, because I see how, awesome that can be in helping people cope with these traumatic experiences. Yeah. I also think there's like a, a mental block with a lot of providers. They don't see the benefit of it yeah. until they actually witness somebody yeah. going through it and coming out the other side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. That tends to happen with creative things in general. I think yeah. a lot of people want like the scientific, okay, well you go through ABC steps and you take this, and then you're good. Yep. And that's not, because it's different for everybody. Everybody's Just throw medication at it. Yeah, literally. Yes. Literally. And, you know, like I said, medication helped me deal with it. Like, I don't think there's wrong with meds, but also it helped me start dealing with it. Well, that's the, Where, that's the Exactly. Catch. Whereas... There's the difference of, like, just throwing it at somebody so that they go numb and don't grow from it right. and deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole point of medication like that is to help you calm down so that you can deal with it and you can cope and you can sort things out. Yeah, yeah. Because I, like, 
I also realize now that I was like experiencing panic attacks and things like that, even before I had those things that set me off on that spiral. Like I was going through all of these things. And that's one of the reasons I got Winnie was to help me with my anxiety and depression. And clearly she helped a lot because she did help me get out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, you do have to get out of bed when she's crying like she was this morning, but Still, it wasn't enough to keep me grounded when I went through that big spiral that led to me being medicated. So, anyway, anyway, that helped me cope, and now I'm still on it, but, like, because I'm not ready to come off of it yet, because I still have my things I need to deal with first. Yep, and when you're ready, it will happen. Exactly. One day. One day. Who knows when? Well... Thank you very much for being here and sharing all of this with me. Um, Anything else you want to leave the listener with? Do you want to tell us where they can find your jewelry? Um, Just go to Elena's Instagram page (laughs) and look for Head and Heart. (laughs) Because it's too hard to explain. It's like underscore head underscore app. Yeah, it is. I had to create a weird Instagram handle because a lot of people have Head and Heart, I guess. But my business name is Head and Heart, and the reason why I chose that was because I was dealing with matters of the head and matters of the heart, and that is my healing process. Beautiful. (laughs) I love it. But thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here, and I will post your Instagram and your website in the show notes also, so that way people can find it easier than going to my Instagram. Thank you. (laughs) You're Follow along with us on social media at I've Been Thinking Pod on Instagram, on Facebook, I've Been Thinking with Elena Grace, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can check out our YouTube channel for episodes via YouTube and the occasional storytime cameos from me where I make actual YouTube videos, which is really fun. I think I've only made one so far. Anyway, check us out there, follow along, subscribe. That will definitely encourage me to make more. And if you want to support the pod, we would be so grateful if you subscribe to the Patreon where there are also video content, video episodes on there. That's where we get things like a series on psilocybin in early Christianity. And I'm working right now on a series on meditation and psychic, uh, psychic abilities in the average human. So it's a really fun place to be. And you also, for as little as $2 a month, you can just get early episodes, early and ad free. So go check us out on Patreon to support. If you can't financially do that, totally get it. Just give us a share give us a follow, subscribe to us wherever you listen, share us with friends or family, share us on your social media. That is how we grow and give us a rating wherever you listen as well. Spotify, Apple Music, both of those. It is very valuable to get ratings and reviews on there, preferably five stars, but I won't hold it against you if not. Thanks so much for listening guys. And I'll talk at you next time. This has been an episode of I've Been Thinking with your host, Elena Grace, hosted by Elena Grace Campbell, produced and edited by Tyler Miller, except this episode, I don't think he wants to claim production rights, presented by Stoveleg Media. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.